Labs test. Hello, welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. And uh, Dave and I are both back from holiday. Well, Dave was back from holiday on Sunday. Bless him, straight back from holiday to preach. Thanks for doing that, Dave. Straight, um, straight in the deep end. <laughs> so a lot of us, a lot of people back from holiday, I guess. How was how was your week? What did you get up to? Uh, it was my older brother's wedding oh, yeah. on Thursday. So um, most of the week was either spent catching up with friends or family. So it was, it was really good. But actually... I said to quite a lot of people, makes you sound really ungrateful, but felt like I needed a holiday from the holiday because <laughs> it was just, it was all go. Off from the case, isn't it? And yeah. I, I hear, you know, you did tell me something about you made it to a, onto a VIP list of, <laughs> uh, for the uh, the wedding. Is it? Tell us about that briefly before we get to the Bas- theological stuff. Basically, in very traditional circles in Northern Ireland, people who are ministers are held in quite high regard. Mm-hmm. So I was personally addressed uh before the speeches uh happened so i was in a, a very short list of ministers who were there and one yeah. one mp and uh initially when they said and you know welcome to the reverend david lawther my initial thought was there's another david lawther here <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that was quite funny but yeah, nice you made it to the vip list yeah, well, no. even if you're at the bottom of the vip list nonetheless that that's good going to be fair i was the only person under the age well Everyone on that list was over 50, so I was now. always going to be at the bottom. You knew you said you are the only young person on that list. Yeah. You? you got a nice wee tan from the yeah, caravan. Yeah, uh, two or three sunny days at the caravan, which was nice. Bit bit cold at times, but it was really lovely. Yeah. I'll take it. Loved getting away, but good to be back. Mm. And uh, good to dive into asking you some questions about your sermon on Sunday. So um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 to 28, finishing off 1 Thessalonians. I hope the rest of the church have enjoyed it anywhere near as much as I have. I think it's been been great, very challenging, very encouraging. I've enjoyed. So that's a long section to preach on, um, all about instructions. Um, that's what you were covering. Was there anything, I, I'm sure the answer to this is going to be yes, anything you left out of your sermon you'd want to mention at the top? Um, some people probably won't believe me because... Um, I think this is the longest sermon I've ever preached, but <laughs> yes, yes, there was stuff I, I left out. Um, people probably thought that, you know, since you were away on holiday, I thought, oh, I'm going to have the longest sermon ever because <laughs> Matt's not going to be here. How to long stop is this me. sermon? Uh, 36 minutes. Oh. Ah, that doesn't sound that bad to me, though. Yeah. But maybe that's because I'm long. Well, I think maybe it's because I had, you know, the week off, so I didn't have the same time to refine it so it might have been a wee bit bloated um for sure so on sunday you know it, as you say it was a long section but um i know other churches have you know broken it down into you know one section a sermon about leadership one section yeah. you know or even just whole sermons dedicated to rejoice always or pray continually so actually just have one sermon like we could have had some churches have done eight or nine sermons I think on this they final section. They got off lightly with thirty-six minutes. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think I focused in a lot of it on the area of leadership because I just felt that um, we can be unbalanced. Either you know think too much of leadership or think too little of it. Mm. So it's always good to have uh, sort of a biblical understanding of uh, caring and admonishing. Um, that that sort of key part of how Paul understands leadership. So that, that that's why I spent most time on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things you didn't really go into was what it means to respect, to hold in high regard. 
those who are in leadership might might seem like a self-serving question me asking you this yeah. but uh, anything you'd want to add about that about respecting and holding in high regard those in leadership i think it means regularly delivering pizzas to those, <laughs> <laughs> those in leadership no i'm joking gonna, you might be sorry you said that yeah, no, that would be quite funny actually um i i think the reason why i didn't you know touch on it or describe it too much is i didn't want to be too prescriptive yeah. because Paul doesn't really say this is what respect then looks like. I think especially in the sense that different cultures respect looks different. So yeah. in some cultures you stand up for people when they enter and stuff like that there. Yeah. You know, and so I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are, Matt, if you have any. But I think one of the ways here's one way I think this is what respect looks like in a church is to trust the leadership. Yeah. And obviously respect is something that is that is earned like you can't really just be given it can you but i think respect sort of looks like trusting that the leaders of the church have thought prayed planned things before doing something so obviously it's good and right to ask questions and want clarity as to why leaders in a church are are doing something or planning to do something but i think a posture of assuming the best or trusting hmm. is is part of respect i'm not saying that you know you should never question why we're doing things, but yeah, um, I think that's part of respect. And all the stuff I've already said, you know, um, as leaders, we show we're respectable by working hard for the sake of the Lord's people. It's not something that's what's well, quick to lose and probably takes a lifetime to gain. Um, yeah. So, in summary, if you still think Dave hasn't answered that question, think yourself, pray, ask God what, mm-hmm. like what ways it looks like for you to show leaders or respect to leaders. It, it's a bit like with love and other things in other Christian virtues. It's, it's kind of an, it does show itself in some ways, but it's kind of an invisible thing. You don't really know if someone respects you. Yeah. I know if I respect you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's for each Christian to consider that, isn't it? And examine their hearts, I guess. Yeah. For all, all of us to do that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And I agree with you. It does, it does vary culturally, I think, doesn't it? So in some cultures, to call the pastor by his name and not call him pastor would be terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very much not the culture in the bridge, which is, which is great. Is fine, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. We just Matt, Dave or Oi. Yeah. Um, but, but it doesn't mean respect's not there, does it? It's that that's a cultural no. phenomenon. I, I think I recognize in myself when I don't, this sounds really bad, when I don't have respect yeah. for someone in that, I remember, you know, at camps or something, someone would tell me, if a talk wasn't good that I'd done or give me feedback and I'd be like, don't really care what they think, <laughs> which, you know, I wouldn't immediately think, oh, that's because I don't respect them. But I think that yeah. sort of shows itself where mm. like, actually I don't really care what they think because I don't think yeah. their feedback's worthwhile or is mm. respect. So yeah. It's, it's not one I've heard a lot on respect. Yeah. It's, it's a really good thing for us to meditate on and pray about, isn't it? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I don't I don't know what he sings that, but I just pictured it. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the tune either, but there you go. Um so moving swiftly on because yeah. Dave started singing. So is this is this eldership or church leadership as a whole? Mm. Or is it church is this el- is this leadership more generally? What were you uh, what were you trying to say there, Dave? I think I didn't I didn't nail down on it being elders, but I think I think it is about eldership. Mm. Um but I, I've that was important because we have lots of leaders in all sorts of ministry areas, life group leaders, etc. So, like, I think we want all of our leaders to be caring for people mm-hmm. and admonishing people. You know, Jesus in the Gospels talks about, you know, brother, like, 
going to a brother or sister, then bringing them, you know, to the church in the area of church discipline. I don't think he was just talking about um, leaders doing that. It was sort of every member sort of type admonishment, if right. I understood yeah. that correctly. Yeah. But I think what I was trying to say on Sunday was that the elders, the leaders of the church should be the ones initiating such care and conversations. So mm. obviously anyone in a leadership role, we want them to be caring and admonishing. But if the elders of the church aren't doing this, mm. they're not leading. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And that ultimately, if, if elders are under shepherds, they're accountable for that happening in the church. Yeah. So how you've the million dollar question this comes up from time to time you mentioned about members doing stuff every member ministry i know we've talked about this before but it's worth revisiting just briefly how do we encourage more every member ministry not every member leadership necessarily but yeah. every member ministry yeah i we've answered this quite a lot of times um i think the reason why we encourage it is because leaders are finite limited people um mm. so some of the ways we've seen it grow is you know, people reading the Bible together in twos and threes. You know, we, we've seen it in prayer meetings and people showing up to life groups. Like, that is every member ministry, isn't it? Going, like, being present. I'm not saying that's what makes you uh, a Christian, hmm. going along to those things. But actually, if you want an opportunity to care for people, you have to be present, don't you? Um, yeah, so I, I think as well, ultimately, if we want to see more, you know, every member ministry we need to pray that god would move by his spirit and encourage that more and more i mm. suppose i see every member ministry most clearly on a sunday morning when all of god's people you know welcome visitors and talk to people i've always like joe steer is just so good at welcoming new people yeah. i, I sure just i'm so encouraged by her every member ministry and think well I want to be more like Joe in that regard. Yeah. Actually, I should take opportunity to shout out to the welcome team generally because yeah. Joe is on it with that sort of stuff. But the, the welcome team generally, especially in recent months, and with a lot of the new faces we've seen, they've been so on it. They really have, you know, coming up to us and saying, "Have you seen this new person?" and chatting to them. So thanks, guys. Yeah, Joe, great. Good reminder there from Dave. Opportunity to give a shout out to the welcome team. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. I, Here's where we get into slightly more contentious territory, possibly. Where I need where I need you. <laughs> and then, yeah, I kind of think he's going to start checking questions back my way in a minute. But how might someone know? I'm thinking of the, the words there. Um, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but mm. test them all, etc. Um, so how might someone know if they have a prophecy, uh, a word from the Lord? Yeah, good question. Um, you can obviously correct me where i'm wrong matt but yeah. it, it might look like someone having a real strong sense you know something that they can't get out of their mind whether it's an image a saying a verse that they feel it's just on their mind and they mm. don't know why so they they feel like maybe it's appropriate for them to share it because it's for someone in the church not for them um you know i've had experience of that in some ways where i've prayed for someone i didn't know and they said that what i prayed was exactly what they needed and I don't know if that's a, wor a word from the Lord um, in some ways, but in, they said that was the prayer that I prayed was exactly what they needed. And I still don't know what I prayed. Uh, yeah. um, I think, so, you know, some people may disagree on on this, but it's quite a, it's a mystical thing. Um, I So here's what I don't think a word from the Lord is. Mm -hmm. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. But um, whenever I was a student, I went to, 
a worship, you know, an evening of music and worship, um, the week, the week of lots of people's finals, mm. and someone up at the front said, "Oh, I think I have a word from the Lord that you know someone in this room is really stressed out and really anxious." Yeah. And I thought, "You're not like that's not a word from the Lord. That is, you know, three hundred students all stressed out in a room together. Yeah. Like that's that's just general, general knowledge, really. Mm. With with like." Would you say that that's not yeah, a word from the I, Lord? I think sometimes, and I'm sure we're going to get on to this, that obviously Christians, Bible-loving Christians have different views on this, but mm. I, I think it's fair to say that sometimes there's something that's um, said to be a word from the Lord or a prophecy, and it, 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 there's proclaiming a bit too much yeah. because it's so general. general. Yeah. general. It, might, it might be encouraging, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that that might just be an encouraging word from the person rather than from the yeah. Lord. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I suppose... I know at some point we might talk about how often do we expect these things, but I know I know some churches have you know like a prayer meeting pre-service where people meet and pray and seek to to get a word or to to earnestly seek. And that's the language Paul used in one Corinthians four, isn't it? But why would say, and this won't surprise anyone because I'm a massive conservative um <laughs> but we can get so hyped up on this unique supernatural sort of uh word from the lord and miss the ordinary means of grace you know that there's a word from the lord every single sunday morning yeah. whenever the words preached and whenever we mm. read the bible for ourselves in the morning so yeah shock well funny enough we i was on um resource course this morning we were talking the doctrine of the word of god doctrine yeah. of scripture and we say we were saying there that you know we need to make sure that nothing in the life of the christian and the life of the church is seen as on a par with scripture when it comes to authority in the christian life and that yeah. includes when people claim to have a word from the lord that there, there may be a word direct from the lord there and the lord is infallible yeah but we are fallible, mm. unlike the word of God. So everything has to be weighed up against scripture. I yeah. think, yeah, I think that's all helpful. Well, which comes to how do we test prophecies? Anything you'd, you'd want to say on that off the back of um, Sunday's message? I think, I think, especially in a church context, someone who believes they have a word should bring it to one of the elders mm. and share it with them. And they evaluate it, like if it's an appropriate word for that occasion. Because sometimes it's a yes and sometimes it's a no mm. like for example the elders might know of someone in the room who actually like they need to hear that word so yeah. to give an opportunity for it to be heard uh would be mm. a good thing because the person bringing it may not have any idea that yeah it'll speak directly to a person mm. um i think you know paul says it should be earnestly desired in 1 corinthians 14 but that doesn't mean every word has got to be shared and paul also yeah. says in that area of scripture about like love being the thing we should desire the most. Mm -hmm. So I suppose not every word will be shared because not every yeah. word needs to be shared, which seems strange, but I, you know, I, I think I'd agree with that. I remember reading a, a good book on this some years ago now, and that the point was being made by the writer who believed that Christians get words from the Lord yeah. uh, today. Uh, he made the point that they should be weighed up, but he also made the point that uh, the fact that, that the Lord may reveal something to you, Dave, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing for you to speak it out. He may be revealing something for you to you so that you can be praying for someone. Yeah. So I agree. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's helpful for it to be shared. Yeah. And I've, I've heard stories of, you know, people, people who have been approached by complete strangers at church gatherings or conferences and four different people from, you know, Africa, a straight, like no connection to him, have said, 
you know the job you're thinking about taking you should go for it as mm. from the lord mm. and they, they don't know him at all yeah so i like that sort of stuff i think is incur- yeah well, that would give you good reason to think this is something worth praying about and weighing up yeah, yeah 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 exactly definitely. um I so I mean I think we had a yeah a couple a of listener, listener questions que- good listener questions yeah I think this is where you start checking things back at me yeah so in in light of all this sort of stuff because there's some people who would have uh, I believe the technical terms are cessationist which mm-hmm. is they believe that these sorts of spiritual gifts ended when the can of scripture closed mm-hmm. and then there would be people who have uh, charismatic or continuous Continuous, I can't <laughs> continuationist, <say>. yeah, <laughs> continuationist. I had a speech <laughs> impairment when I was a kid, still struggling today. Um, so some people say these gifts aren't around mm. anymore. Some people say they are. Yeah, but how should we consider miracles and works of the spirit in light of this? Yeah, this passage I'd read. Well, I think the first thing to do is is really important, isn't it, to acknowledge that people who love Jesus and love His Word and believe the word of God is infallible, have different views on whether all of the gifts of the Spirit listed in the New Testament are around today. So some Christians in the cessationist camp, there would be some of these in our church, would say that with the the passing away of the last apostles and the completion of Scripture, we don't need miraculous sign gifts um, and prophetic gifts like prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Um, they'd usually add healing into that. Mm. Um, and so that is one position amongst Bible-loving Christians. Mm. Then there's a kind of a range of positions then, mm. a spectrum of positions within the Christian camp that says, no, all the gifts of the Spirit uh, exist in the church today. Mm. Um, there'd be different positions on how often they'd expect to see those gifts exercised. Yeah, There's a, you know, there's a full-on charismatic Pentecostal position and a... Mm a milder position which believes they still exist, but you might see them less often. Mm. But basically Christians fall into the two, um, those two, I would, don't want to say categories, but you know, beliefs, those two areas of yeah, thought Faith, beliefs. And, yeah. and I think it's really important to stress that these are people who love Jesus, who mm. have the Holy spirit and believe in his power, but they have different understandings of scripture on this. So this isn't a scripted question, but I know, Uh-oh. I know some people, so, for example, in areas of the world that are lesser developed, mm. they would see more manifestations of the yeah. spirit because yeah. of, well, demon possession, mm. illness, where they don't have medicine and they just have to pray for healing. Um, so part of me is sometimes like, well, maybe we don't see these sorts of things that often because we're so Western and modern and we don't we don't earnestly seek them in the same way. Would I think, that be fair? I think that that could be a fair comment. Um, yeah. if, you, if you're someone who does believe that all these gifts continue today, you can still make an argument that, well, the reason we don't see them much is maybe we're not seeking them like yeah. we should. Also, the, the, historically, there have been Christians who believe that all the gifts are for today, yeah. but that you would see them more. And this makes some sense to me. You would see them more in times of revival with yeah. powerful work in the Holy Spirit. Lloyd-Jones would have said similar things to that. Yeah, And so... Like I said, it's not a straightforward case if you've got cessationists here and charismatics here. Yeah. That there's a range of different understandings of what we should expect in the church. Yeah. But all these people, um, or many of these Christians would be seeking to understand from scripture what the position is. They're trying to be true to scripture, and that's a really important point to make. Yeah. 
like I even think of myself whenever I think about these things and I'm like I believe that the spirits like he still works and moves today completely inexperienced in seeing in seeing that so in some ways I feel like I'm convinced in what scripture says but my experience of that yeah. would be lacking yeah. um so do you think you know would we expect it every Sunday and frequently you sure said about times of revival but yeah what 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 does this look like in the bridge church mm. yeah this is a tricky one to answer in a way because and so speaking as someone who does believe that all the gifts of the spirit are still given by the spirit today to yeah. the church um by the sound of things that's where you're at too yeah. um and that we should therefore seek the gifts of the spirit that build up the church paul does say you know especially those that build up the church some of these yeah. build up the church more directly than others yeah for example when he talks about tongues yeah so i believe the gift of tongues exists today but unless there's interpretation I think Paul's clear in 1 Corinthians that, that other gifts directly build up the church in a more obvious way. Yeah. Um, so we should certainly be seeking the gifts of the Spirit, asking the Lord to show us what gifts he's given us. As to whether we should, how frequently should expect them, I think that's how long yeah. a piece of string. I think if we're praying about this, if we're seeking to do things in a biblical way and in order, mm. as Paul talks about 1 Corinthians, yeah. so if people feel they have a word, Again, it links with the respect for leaders if they're coming to us and checking in with us first, yeah. realizing that we might often say yes. We might sometimes say, actually, no, I don't think that's for right now, but mm. thank you. Then, um, then I think we might expect to see more of these things, but I think we also need to acknowledge that in a church like the Bridge, yeah. we have a, a mixture of understandings of what Scripture says, and we need to do everything in order and gently and prayerfully, yeah. not trying to push things, but praying about these things. I think that's a, a wise way forward. Yeah. Should we keep going? Let's keep going. Oh, so good. Back to me asking you questions. Yeah. Then. All right. Um, thanks for that listener question, by the way, listener. Yeah, really um, good. So uh, big change of topic here. <laughs> Moving on from prophecy and words of knowledge, etc. Dave, tell us, what does a holy kiss look like? Don't well, feel you need to demonstrate it right now. Just explain. No, well, I did, I did talk about it on Sunday. So hopefully people remember or will have listened to the sermon. Um, so we'll know how I impact the holy kiss. Because if they're asking the questions and hadn't listened to the sermon, <laughs> that would be quite awkward. Um, so I wasn't sure about this. So again, I didn't want to be too prescriptive. So I said that, you know, a holy kiss was like a family greeting or how you greet a member of family. Yeah. So I didn't want to say, well, this is what it then looks like. But so, for example, my family tend to greet one another by big bear hugs. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think to say, you know, a holy kiss looks like a massive bear hug because I don't think, yeah. you know, the whole congregation would appreciate that. Although I think Rob Hawkins would because he does love a good old hug. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a few people who do. I yeah. can name a few. Yeah, yeah. but um, I think in our context, you know, treating people like family would look like probably having people around to your house and inviting them in for a meal. So we can very easily get into the habit of only inviting people like us, you know, people who have families or children, and we end up, marginalizing people who are single or a wee bit older um i remember you know one example i don't know if this is fair but one example of a holy kiss was when i think the owens family had day sick around on christmas eve mm. and i just thought that like that is treating someone like family i, just yeah. thought, I was really encouraged yeah. by that um, yeah would you say that's fair yeah good answer it's, it's like broadening out the principle isn't it it's yeah. not it's not that you have to physically give someone a kiss to be obeying this it's are you showing that family welcome yeah. and love and yeah, yeah yeah nice one so what of um 
what have you enjoyed most, Dave, from One Thessalonians? Shall I? I'll turn it back to you as well after, shall I? Yeah, go on, give me a bit of thinking time. Um, someone someone asked Amy on Sunday. Um, it was Hannah Hopton. She was like, "Why aren't we doing Second Thessalonians?" So hopefully Good that question. means. <laughs> so hopefully that means that uh, everyone's enjoying. Why aren't we doing Second Thessalonians? Uh, that's the next question. Um, <laughs> Another time. <laughs> I, I think what I've loved about One Thessalonians is the sort of mantra of living for the coming king. Um, you know, I've also thought about this series as the church we want to be or the church we're becoming because it was, you know, lots about loving and caring for one another, reaching out, you know, being, you know, the gospel ringing out or sounding forth. I just thought there were lots of things that we head on about like the return of the Lord, what happens when Christians die. We just covered a lot of bases, I felt, in quite a short book. There's a lot in a little letter, isn't it? Yeah, so I felt like we did a short book quite thoroughly, but also a good pace. I felt like, oh yeah, you know, we've, we've done this book well, as in, in our lifetime. <laughs> well, like, I, we're not going to be rushing back to 1 Thessalonians. People are like, oh no, we, we've done that book well. Yeah. Um, I felt like I did 1 Thessalonians in my gap year. And as I was teaching through this, it reminded me why I loved it so much. But it also made me feel bad that, you know, the passages I was preaching, I was like, flip, these people are stuck with me instead of Danu or Langs or Hampu. So <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> I wish these people got like the quality teaching that I got yeah. the first time I heard this book. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what were you? What did you enjoy about um, I think when you mentioned one Thessalonians to me, the 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 bit that jumps at not so much verses that jump out, but the the sort of the tone and the feeling of it is how much um, Paul loved the Thessalonians and how well they loved each other. Yeah. So that the the heart language, the affectionate language that Paul's using, um, one of my favorite verses, chapter two nineteen, uh, chapter two verse nineteen. What is our hope? What is our joy? Or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes? Is it not you? You are our glory and our joy. And I just think if we can even make baby steps in loving each other more and more like that, because we love each other well in the bridge, I think, but there's, there's more that we can grow in, in terms of loving each other that way. And that's one of the things that strikes me about this letter is such a, such a warm letter. Yeah. Um, Uh, So what's, what's next in there? In our teaching cycle. So, uh, yeah, we are starting um, on Sunday, Genesis. Um, not the whole Genesis. We're doing Genesis 1 to 3, at least initially, at least for this next season. Yeah. So that's that's going to take us through quite a few sermons. So uh, get reading Genesis 1 to 3. Mm. Um, obviously, there's some interesting stuff there, potentially contentious stuff, but yeah. some really just wonderfully glorious foundational stuff about God and creation I'm really looking forward to. Mm. So anything in particular you're uh, looking forward to from uh, the first three chapters of Genesis, Dave? I think just, like, we obviously were praying that people will come to the Lord and start to come to church um, mm. off the back of Easter and some of the Passion for Life stuff. I just think it's so good to go back to basics, like yeah. to, go, to go back to the beginning. And sort of, I've been struck whenever I read the Gospels, Often, whenever the Pharisees ask him a question, he'll be like, "Don't you remember what it says like at the beginning?" Or yeah, God yeah. created it this way. I just think, oh well, like going back to the beginning was mm. like a key part of Jesus's yeah sort of evangelism or apologetics. I think mm. I'm excited to see how you know Genesis one three informs 
our understanding of the whole Bible, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it, and um, and the podcast next week is a follow up. So um, yeah, it is. What are you doing this Sunday? This Sunday is yes, yeah, Genesis one verses verse one to two. Verse one to two. I've asked you just amend in the weekly email now to make it verses one to two instead of just verse one. Yeah, well, I'd asked Amy to to read it, and she was like, "You're giving me just one, read verse one. You're giving me one <laughs> verse to read." She was not happy. Well, it might be nice to see the whole, the whole first chunk actually. But anyway, ask. we should probably be doing this offline, shouldn't we? We're planning now yeah. whilst recording. But um... I'll just get her to read it like eight times because <laughs> it's so short. <laughs> I'll be focusing on verses. Well, actually, I'll be focusing on verses one and two, and touching on verse three as well. But, but holding back on uh, the six days until we get to the following Sunday, God willing. Nice. Looking forward to seeing you all. Bye.